Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here bringing you another episode of the show. And before we kick things off, I would like to thank this week's sponsor, Disctopia. Disctopia is designed by dreamers and powered by fans, and Disctopia is a streaming-first platform where creatives can easily upload, manage, and distribute their content like music and podcasts all in one place. They make it nice and easy for you. Disctopia offers extensive distribution all over the web, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, and many, many more places. With unlimited storage and uploads, unique listener reports, web player analytics, email support, and so much more, the best podcasting host starts with Disctopia. Check them out at Disctopia.com. All right, we're going to get into my interview with Mikey Erg now on this episode of the Power Chord Hour podcast. There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Right now on the Power Chord Hour, I'm very stoked to be talking to the man who does it all, Mr. Mikey Erg. And you know Mikey from the Ergs, the Warriors, the Dopamines, countless other bands. It, too many to count at this point. But the Ergs are back with two new EPs. They apparently are staying busy. We're going to talk some new music with Mikey and uh, just kind of get into it all. Mikey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I, uh, I've really been looking forward to this. I've been enjoying the uh, new music. So, I mean, I guess awesome. I guess the big thing we'll be talking about will be the uh, Ergs and the new music. So, I guess to start out, like, take us back a little bit. I know the Ergs have been back for a little while, but, like, what led to the reformation of the band? What got, what got you guys back to playing together? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> what was it? We, <laughs> uh, you know, we always kind of I, – I, I feel like we, we, we'd gotten back together a couple times, a couple different reasons. Like, we did a – like pretty much right after we broke up a couple of years after we, we did like a, a benefit for a, a friend's mom was going through cancer. And we, so we did a benefit for that. And then a couple of years after that, we got back together and just did punk rock karaoke at the Asbury lanes, which is something we used to do all the time when we were, uh, when we were an active band. Uh, so we got back together to do that. But like, we were never really on the same page about like whether we wanted to do it again or whatever. Um, and then I feel like in 2016, just stars aligned and, and uh, Chris Gethard asked us to do, to get back together to do his television show to be a musical guest on the television show. And we did that and fest right after that. And that was kind of like, the uh you know it was just kind of the, all the stars aligning that year to you know play fest which is something i'd always wanted to do again and, and with the ergs at least and and do the chris gethard show and that was just pretty huge for us no that's um, a that seems like a pretty good reason to get back together those are those yeah, are good reasons cool. to play again yeah um yeah and then we kind of just if anything if something cool comes up we'll we'll do it like we got we got asked to open for the descendants in uh nice. in our hometown basically in like i think that was 2017 uh 
so yeah, anytime something cool comes up, we're we're, uh, we're good. We're good to do it. I, I would I would I I was listening to a uh, an interview with uh, with Travis from Pieball the other day, and he was nice. saying that one of their I forget whatever the first show back was a reunion show, and now they're just a reunited band. <laughs> and I and I kind of feel the same way. We're like you know I I don't think we'll ever be to a point where we're like a heavy touring band again but you know if something cool comes up we're we're open to doing it i was gonna ask you is something i was gonna ask you later but it's kind of going with what you're saying now like do you feel like now the ergs is kind of maybe less pressure like is now it kind of more for fun than it once was like i mean back in the day i'm sure you were touring more and maybe you were trying to do more with the band where at this point I mean, and you have so many other projects too, where it's like, this isn't like your main thing. It very much sounds, I mean, you said you're doing it for fun anyway. So, I mean, yeah. there's so much of that pressure off now, just like in the second half, I guess, of the ergs. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it like kind of yes and no, like definitely in that respect in, in terms of like, you know, the pressure. I mean, I feel like a lot of what contributed to the breakup, uh, was just like, trying to be an active band and trying to be so like, you know, I was, I was feeling a lot of pressure, to write uh, Songs and, and, and we were just, you know, we were playing like four or five times a week and, and touring like all summer. And yeah, it was just, there's a bit of pressure there. So that, that, that pressure is eased a bit, but I also feel that like, uh, it's, it's a little weird just because the, the urge is this kind of big thing in and of itself. So like doing, a, I, I feel a lot of pressure about, about like whenever we, when, whenever we do new records and, and put, put new music out or, or do another reunion show, it's, it's got to live up to this, like, you know, old standard. So that, that pressure is kind of still there a bit. The, um, I would think then too, like, but, but you're at least like the pressure's there. So that probably also means though, you're not as hell bent to like get music out as, but like, if it's good, you'll get it out, but you're probably not trying to be like, Oh my God, we have to, we have to get yeah. something out. Right. Yeah. Basically it's just like if, if we, and we've been talking about doing new recordings for a while and yeah, it's basically like if it feels, if it feels like urge stuff, then, you know, we should do it. Uh, like the, the, these two EPs that we just made are lar- largely comprised of older songs that we never got around to recording back in our, back when we were actually together, at least like all of my songs on the, on the two seven inches are, are older, uh, that we just kind of found demos of and thought they were cool. And we were just like, yeah, let's, let's just record these. These are, these are fun little tunes. I think they worked very uh, well. Yeah, it's it came out really came out really well. So I'm, um, you know, that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> for uh, you know, like like as far as I know, like those are older songs. But like for uh, I think you put out a few things since you guys have like kind of gotten back together. Like how long after those playing shows together did you get the idea to like to even write songs? Like was it because it does sound like it unfolded? Like when did it become the time where you even entertained that? Hey, maybe we'll record stuff or maybe write new music. Yeah, we did. Um, we did a seven inch in 2016 when we when we got back together. We we just thought it would be cool to have something new for fest, like to sell it at the fest when we played. 
so that was basically the the impetus for doing that uh, goddamn death dedication EP that put came out in 2016, and then yeah, and then this I think this stuff is this stuff is the is the only stuff we've done since then, and yeah, and that was that was really just like finding these songs and and Joe wrote a new one and you know we kind of recorded it all in one big session and this was also like during kind of you know uh the pandemic so we were all kind of bored anyway so we just at one point we just decided to get together and do do some recording yeah we did this huge like batch of tunes and then we sat on it for a little bit trying to figure out what what we wanted to do with it whether we wanted to put it out as a, an entire release and i i was pretty set on breaking it up into two because it felt like two different things to me you know like a, like a more country-ish type ep and a more pop punk kind of ep so we ended up breaking it up into two eps which is pretty rad but like if you look at the cover art the, the cover art was all done by the same person and you know they're, they're definitely related projects when it when it came to like recording with each other again was there some rust to shake off or did it did it kind of, and actually not just recording i guess also just playing together like was there some rust to shake off or was it like you guys never stopped playing no it's 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 like we never stopped that that's like the cool thing it's the, the most like kind of fascinating and cool thing about the urge to me is like no matter how much time we take away from it like i, I think in 2016 we booked like three practices three pretty long practices and i think we canceled the second the the last two after the first one because we were just like oh we don't we're, we're it's still there we still got it oh that's great <laughs> uh, yeah no it's 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 super interesting to to it's the only it's this like magical thing with the three of us where you know because we've been playing together for so long that it's just we can still kind of finish each other's sentences musically and, and stuff like that so it's it's so that, that's the other thing that makes it like pretty easy to just get back together whenever we feel like something is worth doing because it's not like we, we don't have to put a lot of you know we don't have to practice for six months to get ready or whatever at least for now you know that's the <laughs> the other thing about the urge too is it like it's like we might as well do it now because none of us are getting any younger and this it, it gets harder <laughs> and harder to play that fast and that loud uh <laughs> So we better get it get it done now before we can't do it anymore. Get it out while you can. I'm sure. I mean, I exactly, can. Exactly. Yeah. I I wouldn't be bummed that uh there's a high output of uh you know Erg's material, and I'm sure most people want it. That's not a. I don't. I don't think I would be bummed if you guys decide to do that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about doing more, so we're, we're taking it day by day. For the uh for the two new EPs, um, where were they recorded at? Uh, they were recorded at a place called Volume Four in New Brunswick, New Jersey. That's uh, Chris Pierce, who uh, who produced Dork Rock Corkrod. He did he did Jersey's Best Prancers. He you know he we pretty much I'd say ninety percent of our recorded output was done with him, uh, and he just knows you know he knows how we how we how we sound and um, he. Yeah, his his and his stuff. Like I've been working with him, for, you know, since since the urge too. We've been we've done a lot of projects together, so it, it made perfect sense to just do do the EPs with him. And they were super easy, super quick. Like you know, the, the sessions took no time at all. It was it was just fun. 
but yeah, he's he's basically done most of our most of our recordings. Traditionally, for the Ergs, when you guys go into the studio, are you a band who basically you go in and like know know everything you're gonna play, have the songs finished, or do you do you screw around at all in the studio? Uh, we basically have it, you know. The, basically, how we write is, you know, or, uh, certainly with my songs, like I'll I'll come up with the basic like, you know chords and, and lyrics and then we'll kind of just play through them a couple times and typically joe and jeff will go away and do like or back in the you know back when we were an active band they'd go away and kind of work on like little riffs or whatever in guitar intros and stuff on their own i feel like with this stuff certainly with 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 my songs on this rec on these records they were old songs that we did used to play so we honestly didn't have to go through much that probably made it uh, easier rehearsal yeah like and it's somehow even even though like like ultimate falsetto book i don't think we played in 20 years but wow. we just like remembered it because yeah we we like cut it out of the set pretty you know probably around 2002 2003 so um but and so and like with Jeff's or Jeff's new song and and Joe's new song, we kind of just like learn them. I think we did one practice before you went to the went in, actually into the studio. And our practice space is literally the same room that the that the, that the studio oh. studio recordings are <laughs> oh, done. It makes it easy, like, man. Uh, you know, so I think we we did uh, we did practice it beforehand, but it was just, really just felt like another session. Yeah, I guess um, so at that point. But yeah, you know, but like that's the same thing where like we just have this kind of musical, you know, bond that it really, you know, we kind of just know what to play on each other's songs and stuff. It's re it's always really come pretty easy for us. Do you think that's also from like to your credit, like going around and jumping in other bands and being someone who has to probably go learn material fairly fast and sometimes that you know sometimes that you don't know do you feel like any of that helped you coming back to the ergs and being able to you know what i mean kind of keep that sharpness yeah i don't know i i think it, it i definitely that was one of my one of my uh reasonings one, one of my reasons for doing it doing that kind of stuff in the first place you know playing every band i could was to you know keep myself in practice and keep myself in you know uh, just, yeah, to just always be playing and playing different types of music and different. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't point to a specific example where that, where it did help, but that was, that was the point. So I'm hoping that it, <laughs> it I'm sure it, I'm sure it probably did help, uh, just broaden my, you know, musical horizons and, and, you know, Oh, totally. But, I, I would yeah. totally think that would. Um, for the for the two new EPs on top of that, you guys also have the uh, the second collection of non-album songs coming out. Yes. And uh, all all three of these I thought was really neat. So you have the three releases coming out, and they're all coming out on like different labels. Do you want to talk about mm -hmm. like each label who's putting them out and kind of how you got involved with uh, each one a little bit? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and there, there's. There, you know, there's reason. So we we we've been um, talking to Ken Dirt now because I think there is a. I think he's announced this. I think we can we can talk about it. But we were there. There was like a Dirt Nap. There's a Dirt Nap twentieth twentieth anniversary show. I think uh, coming up in June 
and um, so we were we were, we were slated to play that. That got can that was supposed to happen in 2020, but it got oh. canceled because of the pandemic. But this is you know it's it's happening this year. Oh, good. And so we'd already kind of been in touch with him for that, and when we recorded these, we recorded everything just on our own uh, dime, and then we basically were like trying to figure out what to do with all these songs and uh once when we decided to break up the eps uh we hadn't worked you know we hadn't done a record with ken since since uh the first collection so we just thought it would be cool you know the last record we did when we got back together in 2016 what we did with whoa and whoa records was the first label we ever you know that put anything out by us so it felt cool to just go back and do another seven inch with him and then it kind of was just like, yeah, uh, you know, we haven't done anything with Dirt Nap for a while. Let's see if Ken's interested. We sent him the stuff, and he was super on board. Um, and then the the other EP, the Renovations EP, that's on a label called Wall Ride, which is uh, run by Derek, who plays drums in Nightbirds. Oh, nice, with Joe. And he's run, and we've been we've been friends with him since our, you know, since back when we were totally active. And he actually the there's this uh, the song tonight's the night and the song penny in the jukebox which are on the the renovations ep those are those are songs i wrote in like i don't know 2004 2005 we we used to do them a bit and then i just decided i wasn't a fan of them but f- f- uh the whole time i i forget i don't i don't know how derek ended up with a demo tape of these songs but he was like you got to release these songs they're so good uh, and I just never wanted to release them. But then, you know, once we uh, got back together and recorded them a couple, of, like a year ago, it it was a no brainer to have him put that EP out because he'd been hounding us for <laughs> for fifteen years to try to release these songs. So that was like, you know, that made those two decisions easy. Like, well, obviously, let's let's go with Ken for this, and let's go with Derek for this. And then with the with the compilation record, we were just like you know, we kind of went through a period where, you know, we weren't an active band. We like the, the collection was mostly stuff that we did like after we broke up on it, like, you know, it was all recordings that we made before we broke up, but came out after and like towards the end of the band. And, and we, so we were just like, no one's going to want to buy this on, on vinyl, but it was kind of, we kind of was, we're feeling that before the vinyl boom where now everybody's, you know, yeah, now pressing everything on vinyl. And then like, yeah, at some point, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a good relationship with Eric from creep records. I, I go to his record store all the time. I see him at shows a lot. And he was just kind of, he expressed interest in doing it in doing that and doing the second collection record on, on LP and it just yeah like it it actually it just it just all came together pretty easily and pretty quickly like every the, the layout the art stuff was all done because we we put it all in the digital release so it really wasn't it didn't it didn't it wasn't too much effort on our end to try to to try to get it all put together and then he said so, and and you know it's we, we've been listening to records on creep records for our entire lives so it's just like a honor to be to to be doing something on creep, you know, the label that did play United and the label that, you know, it's like, it, 
put out so much stuff that we used to listen to all the time. So it was just, it was just cool to be able to get that, get that together. That's awesome. And, yeah. And once we put it together for vinyl, it was, I kind of was listening to it. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a cool collection. It's, it was a lot of covers. So we, we were kind of, I guess down, you know, it was, it was, it's probably about half covers. Oh really? But I mean, in a way that, in a way that's cool. You know, because oh yeah, I always I always like hearing bands cover songs, and then and then you know I discover music that way too. So oh, absolutely. Also, I mean the the two new covers on the uh, EP are also solid. I mean, I'm I'm always up for a good cover. I think I yeah, think most totally. are. I yeah, want and those were those were those were songs we we used to they, like the zombie song we used to do all the time back in the day. Oh really? And the yeah, we used to do it live. You know, we we were always kind of known for whatever wacky covers we would do but um yeah so we would do that all the time back in the day and we just decided to record it because you know we have a it's funny we do a straight cover of it but it's still it sounds like us so it's it's i love it because it is it's like it's like it's it's very like there you you can tell what song it is if you're familiar with the original song you would right away know it is like you stay true to it but it's like there's that erg's edge to it like there's that part where it's like the the ergs touch on it. I uh, I absolutely love it, and I know I told you too yeah. with the uh, with the other one. I was getting say you're sorry. I was get, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but like I was getting some early like sorry ma stink era like replacements vibe on it. You know, obviously it's a little older than that, but like that yeah. I kind of got that vibe from. I don't know if it was that intentional or not, but that's kind of what I got from it. And I loved it. I loved that I felt that way listening yeah. to it. It wasn't intentional, but like. You know that obviously is a that's that record in general is a huge influence on us. And honestly, like I, I may have been listening to it a bit around when we recorded it because they just reissued it as a as a box set. I was going to so, ask if you've listened uh, to that yet, actually. Oh yeah, of course. It's uh, you know <laughs> so good, mind blowing. But um, but yeah, honestly, like there's a the, the remains did two versions of it in their studio output, and one one is like a kind of slower or like a mid-tempo version of it and one of them is just like a rave up and it's it's honestly not that different from our version the the like the, the remains fast version is basically exactly where we were coming from when we when we covered it we you know we just we just added a bit of distorted guitar that they didn't have back then <laughs> but, yeah uh, well speaking like you were saying of like covers and finding new band stuff like i honestly had not heard that song before and i had to go back and listen and i loved it right away that was right up my yeah. alley some good old like yeah, that, they, were, punk, they basically. were always one of our yeah they were always one of our favorite bands like they we jeff discovered them i think in his dad's record collection and was just like this band is they were they were from this you know 64 65 they opened for the beatles at chase stadium I oh think. wow uh yeah like they were on they were on that bill but so they're from the mid 60s but he was like they were like a fast punk band <laughs> they uh they're so great i love i love those early just those inklings of punk rock before there was punk rock you had to really yeah, absolutely you had to think out of the side of the box like they're really like to like come up with that like where your influence comes from is much harder when the ramones don't exist absolutely yeah right totally. you know? but uh i wanted to talk to like something that i discuss on this show all the time even though i'm not from new jersey um <laughs> is the new jersey like pop punk and ska scene of like the late 90s early 2000s and obviously the ergs yeah. like you know you guys started in the uh you guys started in 2000 didn't you the year 2000 yep so yep. yeah you were you were like right in there 
So I wanted to ask, like, what was the local scene like around the time you uh, you guys got around? Like, were there was it still as like healthy and vibrant as it as it was a few years earlier? It was there. Yeah, there. Were, I guess it wasn't as, um, you know, it wasn't as vibrant. Like when my when I got I got into punk probably around like when I was like 13 or 14. And uh, that was right when I was entering high school. And that excuse me, the um the 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 scene at that time was incredible. Like it was, you know, there are every every firehouse or, you know, uh, uh, first aid hall or whatever was having sh- people doing shows there. And like, you know, we would see all, you know, inspector seven, uh, Weston, uh, uh, catch 22, you know, just, there were just like so many incredible local bands playing these, like, you know, these, these, rented hall the Wayne firehouse and like you know just like all these the the palace in Boundbrook and you know all these all these incredible venues and incredible shows and then I feel like I mean we we would play locally but when we when we got going like New Brunswick basement shows were were, were kind of our uh the the shows we would play locally and and those were around the time that we started, those were, those were pretty fruitful. We, I mean, we were playing New Brunswick every like, like four or five times a week. Jeez. Uh, so it was, and there were a lot of incredible, you know, like all the bands that we were, you know, peers with, you know, Hunchback and Screaming Females. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of, a lot of really great local bands. And then we would go on tour or, you know, and a bunch of us would go on tour and then bring all these other like national touring acts through. And that, so that that scene became a became it was I mean it was it was a super fun time to be playing music uh, in the like mid you know two thousand three to two thousand eight or whatever in in New Brunswick it was just like a, a super fun time because everybody was yeah you know, everybody that came through that was touring was just so phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's the, uh, I mean, just that whole like New Jersey scene blows my mind when you're talking to, I mean, last week I had, uh, I had Jay Vixon who was in a few bands back in the day Mm. and we just like discussing the stuff where it's like, dude, like they just like that. It's normal that on a weekend, like you would have all, you would have like three or four shows to choose from and there would actually be people and not a few people like packed, like that, like there's no local scene that's really like that. So no, that's true. Yeah, I guess for you, like when you started going other places, because I asked him and he said it was kind of weird, like having a scene like that when you started venturing other places that didn't have scenes like that. I mean, did you think that was the norm from the beginning, growing up in that? Yeah, I mean, it it, it was. Yeah, it, it was pretty pretty crazy to go on tour and then and and you know go, go to a town where it was like only bar shows were happening, like there weren't all ages shows or whatever. Um, you'd run into that sometimes, but yeah, so yeah, it, it definitely was a probably, um, I don't know, like, you know, you, you had, uh, the expectations that were, you know, that you'd have these, like all these cool local scenes and some places just didn't have that. 
Yeah, I mean, but, it, it's uh, that's why I just think it was such a fascinating uh, era. And, I mean, that music's so damn good, too. A lot of it really does hold yeah. up well. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Just from uh, teenagers and stuff, which, again, like, credit credit to that scene. But, like, mm-hmm. when you did start, when the Ergs started, like, playing, and I don't know if Dirt Bike Annie toured a lot or not after, so maybe, maybe you did some touring before the Ergs, but, like, where were some of the places you played first outside of like the tri-state area? You know what I mean? Like, like outside of there, where were some of the first like out of town gigs you were, you were like playing? Yeah. The first, um, yeah, the, the first tour I ever did was the dirt bike Annie tour in, in the summer of 2000. And, uh, the urge had just started and dirt bike Annie were like, Hey, why don't you bring your other, why don't, why don't you bring your other band? So the first, my first tour ever was a was a Dirt by Ganny Ergs. Jeez, you're playing both bands. Uh, and I was playing, and yeah, I was doing double duty. So I, I learned that pretty early, how to do that. Uh, and that was like, so. And when the Ergs started, we we didn't play locally a ton in the first couple of years of the band. We kind of didn't know too many people yet, and so we would we we'd play Pennsylvania all the time. Like, uh, like central and like kind of Eastern Pennsylvania, we'd play all the time. So that was kind of like our, that's our first kind of, you know, quote unquote out of town, even though that, that is, the, that that's the tri-state area, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. But Pennsylvania part of the tri-state area. I would uh, say it is, but, but still fair enough. Yeah. And then, and then that first tour that we did, you know, we, we played, I remember we played Cleveland, we played Chicago. Uh, we we went to Canada for the first time and played London, Ontario, and that was like that was crazy. We're in a different country. Holy, <laughs> holy hell! Um, so that was yeah, and that was cool. We did we did, we we played Atlanta on that tour. We it was probably like it was probably like a two and a half three week tour. Uh, so we we got our feet wet on that. We only had like the demos out at that point. So uh, and then we would kind of make it a point to do at least one long tour every year, usually in the summer, um, like a full U S uh, yeah. And, and we, so we, from that tour, we basically, I guess kind of around, around the time Dork Rock Court Rock came out, we, we did a tour with MC Chris and that was like, that was like a three month long tour. And then that kind of made it obvious that we, we needed to do this all the time. We were, <laughs> we were, we got super into touring from basically from that experience on those, uh, um, like those early tours. Do you remember like any cities or even like an area, you know, like would be Midwest or whatever, like the mm-hmm. embrace the band early on, like that you had maybe like the best kind of reception. Yeah, absolutely. The Midwest was always like Chicago, Milwaukee, um, and Ohio. Like we would have these incredible, incredible shows, in Milwaukee, like really like house shows, but you know, super packed and super, you know, rabid <laughs> fans. And when we, uh, we have a friend, the, this guy, Pat Dull in Columbus, who, who ran a record label called breakup records at the time. And they put out a dirt bike, Andy record. And, uh, he would, he was always the first guy to like hook us up, uh, shows in Columbus. And he put us together with this band delay in Columbus, this, these, these, these band, this band of kids that just got to town for college. And we ended up hooking up with them. And 
we would play some of the craziest, like best house shows in Columbus and, uh, and Cincinnati, we, uh, there was a, a place called the Glendora house that w- was just like these incredible house shows in, in Ohio. So like, yeah, we were super, super embraced by, by the Midwest. And that's always been, you know, uh, a, you know, like I always think of the Midwest as like the place where we're the most popular. Do you, uh, from playing Cincinnati and like playing Glendora, is that like how you met the dopamines then is from playing back yeah, in the Yeah. Yeah. John, John Weiner lived at Glendora. And so, yeah, we would, I met them all in that capacity. And then, yeah. And then we would, then dopamine, once, once the dopamines became a band, uh, they did a lot of touring, you know, we would just run into each other all the time. And then eventually I joined the band for a bit. It, it makes sense. That's, that's what I, that's what I do. Yeah. You, you got, you got to join each <laughs> band for a little while at least. Mm-hmm. You know, it, at this point with the Ergs, I mean, I'm sure drumming and singing is nothing. You've done it a bunch. But was that hard in the beginning? I mean, I'm always kind of blown away by people who can sing and drum at the same time. Yeah, it's funny. A lot. Everybody asks me that. And like, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, it's always been kind of second nature to me for some reason. Like, I think I've always just been the singer or or whenever I was practicing drums, I would like I would sing along to whatever I was <laughs> playing. So it never really, it, yeah, n- it never really felt like a, you know, like anything difficult for me. It always came, it always came easy to me for, for whatever reason. When it comes to uh, playing live, I mean, you, maybe you don't have a preference, but is it more fun playing drums or guitar? Do you have one? Or I mean, they're both pretty equally enjoying both. Yeah, I do enjoy them both. I, I, I probably like, my favorite times on stage were probably me playing guitar with, with probably the, you know, dope means is probably the, the best example just cause I would just, I just, you, you just get to turn up your amp to 10 and just fucking jump around. I don't know. I'm, oh, those would be I'm, fun. <laughs> those would be fun uh, songs to be playing guitar on. That seems like a very energetic uh, live set if you're playing guitar to it's it. It's great. Yeah. And, and I was just playing rhythm guitar. So it's just, <laughs> it's just, you know, I just had to make sure I remembered the chords through my uh, through my hangover. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's I have a lot of fun jumping around and playing guitar. But you know, drums are drums are fun too. You get to bash <laughs> bash the life out of stuff, so that's that's cool. But yeah, I, I feel like some of those some of those dope means tours playing guitar were some of my most fun on stage. <laughs> Do you ever like, like for someone, for someone who seems to, I mean, obviously you sing a lot on stage, but you're, you're normally either playing guitar or drumming as well. Is it ever weird for you just singing on stage? Cause I know some people I notice when they don't have an instrument, they're used to it. It's odd to not have one with you. It is weird. Yeah. Like I, I always, I kind of feel like I, I normally have to like, I hold on to the mic stand or something. I gotta do, yeah, I don't, <laughs> you gotta hold I, on I don't to do something. it all that often. Yeah. I got to hold on to something, but yeah, it is weird. It is weirder than, <laughs> than not having an instrument in my hands. What was your first instrument? Uh, drums, drums. I, my dad was a drummer, is a drummer. And, uh, he, there was always drums around and, uh, he owned a recording studio too. In, in oh, nice. Uh, while, when I was growing up. So there was always a place to go, and hit drums uh so uh, yeah i probably i've been doing it most of my life but like probably around like i don't know eight or nine uh i kind of started 
becoming more serious about it and just playing the drums every day and just trying to, you know, uh, trying to become better before. Uh... And then like, uh, and then just around like 11 or 12, I feel like is when I, I, I started teaching myself guitar chords and that was, so how long like that after happened, that did right? you, did you start like writing songs? I was writing songs, uh, basically the, the urge kind of formed out of, a like a bunch of like probably three or four different bands that we all kind of ended up playing together in, in high school, just like little fuck around in the basement bands. Um, and I was kind of writing songs around, so probably around like 14 or 15 is when I wrote some of my first songs, uh, that you know of course we're not we're not great but uh <laughs> um but yeah yeah it was it was around getting into punk and realizing oh any we i can do that <laughs> you know like punk's always good for that that you can i yeah. can i can obtain this. this is something i can do but um yeah absolutely yeah i mean before discovering punk what were you listening to I was listening to, I mean, like my first favorite band was probably the Beatles. I listened to a lot of classic rock in, when I was, you know, when I was growing up. Um, yeah, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, like Rush, uh, you nice. know, just a lot, a lot of classic rock. And then around, around like the early, the early nineties, I got into, I got into metal. So I got into like, Metallica and Megadeth and Pantera and stuff like that. And then, and then Nirvana happened. And then that was my obsession for, you know, Seattle and all things Seattle were my obsession for a couple of years. And then, and then punk came right after that with, with like Rancid and Green Day becoming popular. Uh, and, you know, around that same time getting into like the Sex Pistols and Clash and, you know, all that stuff, Ramones. Nice. Uh, so yeah, and having a great local scene later on too doesn't probably doesn't hurt. Yeah, either. and that and that really, yeah, really, you know, it was it was cool to, you know, that like all these like the I, I always credit the youth ahead with like the first punk band I ever saw live. Nice. Because they were they went to, they went to our high school and and uh, yeah, and it's you know it's a pretty infectious thing to see see a punk band play for the first time and then. You know, then I I started seeing like No Effects and Descendants, and uh, you know, just started going to every punk show I could, and that was just you know mind blowing. You always, I I feel like you always have a good like ear, or you're just good at writing like catchy melodies. Do you feel like there's any artist like when you are like writing writing melodies and stuff? Like, do you think there's any artists who have kind of shaped how you like writing them or how you write them? And I mean, kind of even going with that, like stuff you listened to before, you know, outside of punk, like, do you think you kind of bring some of those outside influences in when writing stuff like, you know, punk rock still bringing in? Yeah, some of that I mean, up? I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, you know, and I've always, no matter what I've been listening to, it's, I'm always drawn to like the melodies, you know, I, I love, I love craft work and I love like certain, you know, I don't know, jazz, jazz stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about the. The, the thing that I'm drawn to is like the, the the melodies of it all. So I'm sure that that's all seeping in and, and coming out uh, as mine at some point. Um, yeah, I'm never really, I don't really think about it too much. 
uh, when I'm writing songs, I kind of just like, a lot of times I'll just be sitting with a guitar and I'll just, I'll just play, I'll just start playing some chords and then just like whatever melody comes to me. Sometimes it comes to me with lyrics. Sometimes it comes to me, you know, just, uh, as like a blah, blah, blah. And then I fill, fill in the words later, but yeah, I kind of just sing into a recorder and, and you know, that's, that's how I write, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure, I'm sure all those many melodic influences are, are coming out in some form. Are you someone who's always like writing music or are you someone who will get those bursts of inspiration, write a ton and then be good for a little while? And like, yeah, maybe not write? definitely, definitely the latter, definitely like <laughs> a burst, a burst of, you know, and that's, I kind of like that. I like the, um, the aspect of, you know, I always, I like thinking of albums as like a time and a place. And, uh, you know, so I like that, you know, Oh, in, in these, in, in this couple week or couple month or whatever period I wrote these songs. And that's what that, that's what that album is. Like it's that those two weeks of my life or whatever. And like, and then once you, once you purge that, I, I, I need a break for a bit. <laughs> I think that's a really good point though, what you're saying. Cause you're right. If you're doing an album, which I like things as a fully realized idea. So I like an album. Yeah. Me, yeah. Same. Like, same. and I think you have a good point. Cause if you're just writing songs on and off or all the time, and it's just a, basically a compilation of 10 of those 20 songs you wrote in the last two or three years, like maybe mm-hmm. it's not as good. Maybe they're spread out. You were a different person at this time or you're going through something different. Right. So there is, I've never yeah. really thought of that part, but that is a great point. I feel like your stuff would be a lot more realized. And, you know, if you're trying to have it all kind of make sense and flow together, I, that's kind of what you want. And the time capsule yeah. thing too, that it's of a certain time or what you're writing about at that time, like that, that totally makes sense that I've never thought of before, actually. Yeah. And, I, and I've absolutely, I feel like in my experience, like the, the, the longer and like, I, I I don't like working on things too too much because I just feel like something gets in the way and and you just start overthink. I I hate I hate overthinking things and like uh, you know uh, I, I just think it makes for bad you know if if you hear an album that was worked on for twenty <laughs> twenty months or whatever it's just like you know you probably could have just gotten it done in a couple of weeks and yeah. would have had had this like you know, this urgency to it. And so, yeah, I like working like that where, you know, you kind of just, you know, obviously I don't want anything to be, (laughs) I don't mean for anything to be like, you know, not thought out and, and, you know, bad, but it's, I, I do think there, there is a, uh, I do think you can overthink things. (laughs) Kind of, kind of going along with that. Like when you're working on a song, will you will you abandon ship if it doesn't seem to work after a while? Kind of like what you're saying is like if you have to work on yeah. it too much. Yeah, I will. Um, every once in a while, and like you know, but and you know, in the in the in the in the world we live in now, it's it's super easy. Like that that draft will always be in my phone, and I can come back to it later. Or you know, yeah, it's true. It's not, it doesn't really uh, go away so that, if you have a copy. Right. Yeah. So like, that's, that's kind of, you know, the, the good thing, you know, my phone is filled with, you know, you know, hundreds of ideas of things, but, um, yeah, I feel like I, I, I will do that, but it's not, it's not often like I, I I'll normally finish, finish up. You, uh, what I, what I start. 
you've obviously played on tons and tons of, of your own records, other people's records. Have you done any like recording and producing for other people? Like is the production side, anything you're interested in? No, I, I haven't. I am, I am interested in it. Um, and that's actually like something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Uh, you know, with, 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 um, you know, especially the last couple of years with live music, not really being yeah. a thing that I was, that I was able to do. You know, and you know, growing up in a recording studio, that that's always been something I was I, I was attracted to. So I have been, you know, thinking a lot more about oh, I should really get get more into that and and learn learn a bit more about that side of things. Like that's always my my favorite part about making records is like hanging out in the studios and and looking at the and you know or playing around with the with, with the equipment and just like standing in awe of all this oh yeah wonderful sound making stuff. <laughs> um studio yeah so studio i, am, I, I do want to get more into it yeah i'm actually surprised yeah i i was uh i was wondering that because i'm almost surprised you haven't yet like just as much as you play with bands i i was thinking yeah. maybe i missed something but i was like i almost no. think he would have at some point uh, yeah you know what you you would think but yeah uh, it's Time to be more proactive about that, I guess. You got the future. You can. You, you still <laughs> yeah. got time. You can do it. Never too late. Oh, it'll be Never like we were late. talking about earlier. Do all the erg stuff now. Get all that out now, like all the fast mm-hmm. shit. And then when you get a little older, then you can sit back and you can be in the producer's yeah. chair. There you go. Absolutely. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Retirement awesome. plan. <laughs> but but uh, I did see, I thought, very, very cool. I see uh, you're playing uh, South by Southwest this year. Is this your first time ever yes. performing? No, I, I played two years ago um, at South by, and actually, Dirt Bike Andy did it like twenty years. Oh ago. Oh my god! <laughs> um, wow. So, but I hadn't been back since. Uh, 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 but uh, two years ago, I played the Don Giovanni showcase, and it was it was awesome. I had such a blast. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to do it again this year. Outside of uh, South by Southwest, do you have any other like shows coming up, solo, ergs, or any other bands you're playing in? Uh, nothing. I, I nothing I can talk about. I don't think. Um, but there are <laughs> there there are, there are a few things that um that are going to be announced very soon that I'm very 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 excited about. Nice. Um, the ergs will yeah the ergs are doing that dirt nap thing. That's that's June. June 12th and 13th, I think something around, around then, around somewhere in June, uh, the urge are doing the dirt nap, uh, show and that'll be a blast. That sounds like that. And cool. yeah, what else? Yeah, I think that's basically it. I'm, I'm about to leave for a warriors tour, uh, next week. Nice. That was another thing that got canceled. We, you know, it was, it, the first day that lockdown started happening was with the day this tour was oh. supposed to start. Oh, geez. So, uh, so yeah, we're making that up now. Um, and uh, yeah, and we're doing a, we're doing a couple shows with Jawbreaker. Nice. In, uh, in a couple of months, so that would be cool. How did you start playing with Warriors? I always like I've, I always forget you've been you've been playing and been on so many albums with them for a while. How how did you yeah, start joining yeah. them? Well, yeah, we. I mean, because I play, I've played in the measure with Lauren, uh, you know, in, in the late, late, like, you know, 2009, 2010-ish area. Um, and then Lauren started Warriors, 
as kind of like a side project for the measure. I, I, I think that's how it started. And then at some point uh, they were making the, they were about to make the cruel optimist EP, which was the first like warriors kind of 12 inch and uh, wrote me an email saying, I think they, I think they basically were, you know, going to make it more of a more of a full time thing. I guess the measure broke it up by that point, so they were going to make it more of a full time thing. And they asked if I would play drums. So yeah, I've been on, except for the first seven inch, I've been on every record, um, and done most of the touring. I'll, you know, there's there were some tours that I like when I was doing the playing drums on the Chris Gethard show. I had to like opt out of some tours just because that was, you know. Oh, I man. had I had a job to do, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's been yeah about probably ten years at this point. Jeez, yeah, I, I've always forget that. Like, I I always know, like, I know you're associated with them, you play with them, but like, I'm like, wow, I I always forget you've been on all those records and like you've played mm-hmm. with them so long. Do you do yeah. any? Do you do any writing with the band, or is that mostly Lauren? It's all Lauren. All basically. Lauren. Um, yeah, like the first couple records, we would kind of sit in a practice room and they would play me songs, and you know, uh, we kind of, I guess maybe arrange them together a bit. But yeah, it's it's for the most part, it's it's pretty much it's basically all Lauren. Nice. I um, I, I was yeah. wondering that, but uh, going, I want to jump back as we kind of like you know a couple couple last questions here. I wanted yeah. to ask you, uh, you know, the two covers on the new EP are great. I know you said you did a bunch of covers back in the day, and obviously there's a bunch on the uh, on the uh, collection coming up. But uh-huh. were there any other uh, covers that were in consideration to do on this EP before you uh, did these two? No. Um, yeah, I don't even – I can't even remember what the conversation was. I think we just – it was just the two random ones that we picked. Uh it's just what we felt like doing at the time kind of thing. I like, I don't remember what the, you know, why, why we chose those two. The the, the remains one we had done, like the last time we played, uh, or the, you know, the, the last like little batch reunion shows we did, we, we played, we played, uh, we played shows in, we played shows in Boston and, we were kind of doing this thing on that run where every, uh, every town we do, a like we did a minor threat song in DC and we nice. did a, uh, a Ramon song or something in New York. And I think we, so we wanted to do a, a Boston song in Boston and, and so we did two shows and we covered the, just what I needed at one of the shows and the remain <laughs> song at the other show. Cause they're from Boston. So, it was just kind of fresh in our minds from, from just learning it for those shows. So that was why we did that. And I think we just always liked our cover of time of the season and, and never actually recorded it. So, Oh, they worked with the, to do that. they really mesh well with you, with the two erg songs. Like they, they do. Yeah. They go back yeah. to back really well. Like, I mean, cause you mm-hmm. have the erg song cover, erg song cover. And if you didn't know they were covers, like honestly you could, which I mean, you might it might be a little easier to say you're sorry. Maybe people don't yeah. know that one as well. The other one maybe maybe you can't say it's your <laughs> yeah, own. The other one's but a uh, bonafide hit. But yeah, but like if you didn't know those <laughs> songs, like honestly, you I I would say oh they're just they're all four originals. Like they all mesh and like it's just sequenced so well and works so well together. So I mean those yeah. I think you picked good covers. 
Thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, stoked on it. I had a kind of well, it is kind of a random question, but on that on that topic of covers, I've always if you can't tell from the placements question earlier, I love the replacements and I love your cover of I'm in trouble that was on that mm-hmm. years ago that Will Inherit the Earth uh comp, which I, I turned yeah. someone on recently to. They'd never heard it and I blew their mind with it. But do you rem- <laughs> that's awesome. Do you remember like how you guys got on that or how that kind of all came to be? I just randomly found it a few years ago and was kind of the same way when I found it. like, oh my god, this is like holy shit. Yeah, you know, I I I remember hearing through the grapevine. I think we had a few friends that were that were going to be on it. Uh, I know. I I don't think we were asked. I'm pretty sure we like cold emailed <laughs> one two three four go and like hadn't had any. I think maybe I don't know if we'd had any interaction with uh with them before that, but I, I'm pretty sure we cold emailed them and. Feel like I remember the response was like, "Oh, oh my God, yes, absolutely, you guys can be on." <laughs> like they were, they were, they were stoked that we had asked. And I feel like, I think we wanted to do. I mean, we were such we were such replacements nerds that I think we wanted to do Heyday at one point. We oh no, nice. we had a few, we had a few songs that we wanted to do, and they they were already taken. Uh, so we we picked i'm in trouble which i mean it's just a classic it's it's always been one of my favorite songs so no you guys uh you did a great cover on it what did you do did you back in the day you say you did a lot of live covers were any other replacements covers in the erg set back in the day at all yeah we we would do customer all the time oh nice Uh, we would do bastards of young all the time we would do uh can't hardly wait did Heyday um, ever get one? Because honestly, you guys would do a killer fucking version of Heyday. No, I don't think we ever actually ended up learning it. I think you need um, to do that. Hey, you know, anything's possible. I would love to. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, I, we 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 used to do uh, we used to do fuck school all the time. Nice. We used to do uh, yeah, we. I mean, a ton. We <laughs> there. I mean, they're definitely, you know. They're definitely they 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 might be our collective favorite band nice. as a, as a band. Uh, They're so. my all time favorite, hands down. So oh, any, yeah, anytime, so anytime for replacements talk, a little replacements talk we got to have. But uh, absolutely, yeah. As we close it out, for one, um, the re- the renovations EP. Do we uh, is there a release date on that? Do we know when that'll be out? Uh, I. I I think the vinyl is still not in hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of delays right so, now. Yeah, everything's been so screwed up. Um, I would say within the next couple weeks, it should be uh, in stock and shipping. Uh, but I did find that it is whether this is a mistake or not, it, it is on the streaming services at the moment. Oh, it is. So yeah, if you if you search for Erg's renovations on on your preferred streaming uh, service of choice, um, minus Cobuzz, I feel like I always have to point that out because <laughs> <laughs> no one knows about it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 available on, on on streaming stuff right now, so you can listen to it right now. Very nice. Well, I mean, <laughs> you said you said there's some touring stuff, which we'll find that out later in the future, but. Any anything else we should like be looking forward to you doing in the rest of twenty twenty two? Like whether again, whether solo the ergs. I mean, you have yeah. a million different things. 
yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we'll be, Ergs will be doing, look out for some stuff in the, in, in the, in the, in the summertime. Ergs, I have a couple of shows booked around that same time. I will be releasing a solo album. Oh, nice. Uh, with God willing, if, if trusting plant stuff, <laughs> uh, is in my favor, but yeah, that should be out in June. Um, so I'll probably try to do a little touring on that. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think the Ergs are going to play fest this year. Nice. So that should be cool. And yeah, um, you know, just stay tuned. There's, there, there is some shit coming up. So very nice. Where can, uh, I mean, I know, I know you said renovations is streaming now, but where can people grab the, uh, all the new records, where can they find you online? All that good stuff. Yeah, the uh MikeYergatbandcamp.com for all of my or MikeYerg.bandcamp.com for all my stuff. Uh, the Ergs.bandcamp.com. That's where you can get you can get like all the Ergs records and that that comes from us, so uh you can ship them out. I I I think the um I think that the the dirt net record's completely gone, but the um renovations will be up there and uh and the the compilation is up there now we just put that up on friday so you can get our stuff direct from us and and our t-shirts and stuff are up there too um yeah awesome i'm at mike yerg on all the uh stupid social media stuff (laughs) (laughs) go follow you go go follow him go buy the music lots of i mean you you really uh you're starting off the year strong i feel like and it sounds like there's a lot of cool yeah a lot of cool (laughs) shit ahead as well we're only in february but uh that's right that's right but yeah right now uh we're gonna play some songs off the uh new ep play some new ergs for you and we'll start it right now this is ultimate falsetto book right here on the Power Chord Hour. Well, she kind of, sort of knows my name and, and I kind of, sort of know hers too And she kind of, sort of looks so beautiful And she kind of, sort of knows it's true And I kind of don't know why she's thinking And I kind of, sort of just don't care And I kind of, sort of Yeah. 
care. This is Chelsea from Stress Dolls, and you are tuned into the Power Chord Hour. It's the time of the season when love runs high. In this time, give it to me easy. Right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast, that was the latest from the Ergs with their cover of the Zombies. Time and the season for you on on really, I guess this is our Valentine's Day episode. It is February 14th. So for all you lovers out there, there was a there was a really nice cover of a Time and the Season for you. And opening up that block of music was another new one from the Ergs. That was all Ultimate Falsetto Book. And you can hear both of those on the Ergs brand new EP, Time and the Season. And uh, definitely go grab that one. Renovations EP will be out soon. And if you just want the digital version of that uh, 
that hindsight is 2020 volume two that uh me and mikey were talking about the like non uh non-album songs and covers and all that that is out digitally the uh, vinyl and cd aren't out yet but if you want to grab that grab that on Bandcamp as well so go grab all that stuff mikey erg stays very very busy i mean you probably know that if you're listening to this you're already a fan I'm not I'm not like breaking the news to you that Mikey Erg plays in a lot of fucking bands. <laughs> like I you know, I'm not I'm not like rocking your world right now. You uh you were well aware of this. But that was awesome talking to him. Really, really uh I, I've been a big fan for a really long time. And uh whether it's his solo stuff, the Ergs, you know, uh Warriors are great. You know, I know he is uh I don't think he really played on anything like album wise for the dopamines, more of a touring member, but I mean I love the dopamines, so even even just the fact that he uh, you know plays with you know like tours with them, I uh, I've never seen the Dopamines live, but uh, it would be even cooler to see them live with uh, Mikey playing. But yeah, that was great talking to him. Lots of music to grab from the Ergs. It sounds like there'll be more stuff coming up later on in the year. So make sure you go uh, follow Mikey, and uh, I'll definitely be playing songs off this EP for a while. And I'm excited for the renovations to come out because uh, this last one really really good so go grab that music and uh, while you're online supporting shit also uh, go follow the power chord hour on uh, twitter facebook and instagram we're at power chord hour very very easy to remember and that is our name on all three of those go give us a follow if you would uh our youtube page if you want to go uh follow or uh i guess subscribe if you will, on our YouTube page, that would be very rad. Trying to, uh, I don't feel like I push that enough. I didn't push it. I don't, I don't like make it aware. I should say, like, hey, if you want to listen to these, if you're not already listening to this on YouTube, go check it out on our YouTube page. And also, I can't believe I didn't lead off with this. This is really cool. So this week is actually marking the sixth anniversary of the Power Chord Hour. Our very first radio show uh, aired on 107.9 WRFA. On uh, February 19th of 2016, so this is our uh, anniversary week, and I'm very stoked about that. And uh, one way that we're celebrating, we're actually going back to our original time slot of 8 p.m. on uh, Friday nights, but we are permanently at four hours, which is very, very rad. Every now and then lately, we've uh, done some special episodes where I I, uh, go an extra two hours, but uh, the show starts at 10, so it goes 10 to 2. It goes pretty late. But uh, the fine people at WRFA, and they are uh, they are a great bunch, uh, agreed to let me go back to 8 p.m. and then uh, have four hours. So, I mean, I have, like, the whole evening or night, really, like, I mean, up until midnight. I have, like, the whole Friday night um, to just play music, interviews, all that fun stuff. I'm really excited. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of time to fill. So, I mean, a lot of... Uh, you know, I mean, obviously I want to play more music and I'll be able to, but I mean, just, just different ideas, having more guests on and, uh, maybe even like being able to replay some stuff. That's also cool. Cause a lot of times these radio shows, uh, you know, I love doing them, but they air like once, like we really don't do repeats unless I'm out, they'll replay them. But like, there's so many episodes that have been played like once. So, you know, even, even having that extra time to maybe like play some old stuff again, kind of go through six years worth of, uh, the vault. You know, I mean, there's a lot of interviews, too, that are like, you know, pre-podcasts that haven't even made it on the podcast feed. So a lot of stuff to do with that. So if you want to tune into the radio show this Friday night for our uh, sixth anniversary episode, I'm very, very stoked on it. Um, I will be talking to, and this will be on the podcast feed later on, but if you want to check it out before that, I am uh, talking to Travis Shettle of uh, Piebald because it just so happens, and I didn't realize this, uh, We Are the Only Friends We Have turns 20. On the same day that we turned six, their album came out. I mean, my favorite Piebald album, just a classic. 
Um, that one came out February 19th of 2002 and uh, February 19th of 2016 we started. And uh, yeah, I'm very stoked to be talking to Travis all about, you know, writing, recording and touring off that record and, uh, you know, just discussing all that with them. And since we have four hours, I've, uh, I have already decided, like, if you're a piebald fan, I mean, again, like I'm going to, this, our interview will be on the podcast next week. You'll be able to hear it. But like, if you're a, if you're a big piebald fan, I would actually say tune into the radio show because I'm going to play all of we're the only friends that we have afterwards. We're going to play it front to back on the radio show. And then, uh, like basically a greatest hits of piebald, like off of that, I'll just play a bunch of stuff off the other records and some rarities and stuff. And then also what we're doing is in the last hour, I'm going to play like a greatest hit set of our very, very first episode. I, I finally, I, I always have a spotty memory of the stuff I played on the very first episode, but I found like, I found a copy of it and went through and listened to the songs and we're basically going to play the exact same playlist that uh, I played on our very first episode six years before, or, you know, six years earlier, however you want to say it, you know what I'm saying? So really, uh, really cool sixth anniversary episode. I got to say, I'm really, uh, really excited to talk to Travis. I love that record. I love Piebald. And uh, I'm also excited to be doing four hours every week. It is, uh, it is really fun and also a challenge because I mean, this, the radio show and the podcast are two different things. Um, if you've never listened to a radio show. So I'm, I'm on top of doing the four hour radio show. I also do the podcast and that's a whole different thing. So I got a lot on my plate, but I really enjoy doing it. It is very fun to do. So thank you for checking it out. Whether you, uh, we've been listening to podcasts for the two years we've been doing it. If you happen to check out the radio show before that, if you're an OG, I mean, really respects to you, but, uh, you know, I mean, no matter what, thank you very much for checking out the show. This is your first episode listening to us or, uh, you know, your hundredth, whatever. Thank you very much for checking it out because, uh, it makes it worthwhile doing it for six years now and, uh, definitely going to keep going. So that is fun. I, I, it's funny. I, when I was like thinking of, uh, you know, closing it out here and thinking, thinking, uh, Mikey and everything, I probably should have then jumped in instead of like, Hey, follow me on Twitter. I should have been like, Oh, Hey, new, you know, like time change, time change on the radio show. And also really long now, you know, I mean, I realized the show is called the power court hour because originally it was only an hour. It was eight to nine, on Friday nights from 2016 until like 2018. I think 2018, I then moved to like 10 o'clock and then like 2020. It's like every two years. Actually, I think this is true. It's like every two years because then in 2020, I believe I then went to two hours and now in 2022, we're going to four. So we just keep moving up in this world until uh, I'm just going to take over all Friday. Just the like the 24 hour block. From like midnight to midnight Friday is just going to be the power court hour. That's really the that's the end goal there. But uh, tune in. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. And again, if you're a piebald fan, a shit ton of piebald. I mean, you're gonna. I'm gonna interview Travis, talk about this record that we all love very near and dear to our hearts. And then right as soon as we're done, I'll play the whole album for you. What better way to celebrate into the night to celebrate right up right up to midnight? Because then at midnight. The Power Chord Hour turns six, and Piebald's We're the Only Friends That We Have turns uh, 20. So wild, wild shit. So tune in for that. But uh, that is everything I have for you for this week. Uh, you can hit me up, Hour at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I guess that is everything. So until next week for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.